Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dyke Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. It's testimony time! Today, we have a testimony from Priscilla Tete from the Delisa Joy Center. Her testimony is about how she received healing after taking the communion for the first time. I'm a level 100 student and I've had a very chronic backache for some time now. When I was in SHS, my father even had to buy me an extra bed. On color blocking Sunday, for some strange reason, I decided to take the communion. As I took it, I had a crack in my back and even before daddy prayed, I was healed. I never believed in such things, but today I'm healed by the grace of God. I want to tell everyone who was like me to believe in the power of the house and to believe in the Holy Communion. I also want to thank God for healing me and to thank Bishop Doug for always praying for us. It's time for my favorite part of the service. The Bible says that he sent forth his word and healed us. I believe that today the Lord has prepared his anointed vessel to send his word to us. But before we hear the message that's going to transform our lives today, I want you to put your hands together and help me welcome our brother Russell and our sister Susie. Oh 
deliverance. Hallelujah. Amen. We just want to thank the Lord for an Easter morning. And we want to give God thanks for life, for strength, for his blessing. We want to give God thanks because we are still connected. The church is alive and well. And we are grateful to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for another Easter morning. Thank you that the beauty of the resurrection of Christ has never diminished and never gone down. Thank you that we are here to celebrate together and to just enjoy being your children. To you indeed, may the gathering be. And wherever we are all over the nation and elsewhere listening, I pray that Lord your spirit will minister to us. I thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, it's an Easter morning, an interesting Easter, and I was I saw all kinds of news articles saying that oh people are confused the christians cannot do this the jews cannot do that because the jews also have their passover and the muslims also go to the kaaba they go to you know and they were saying all kinds of things well i don't know about the others but what i do know for us as christians christ is risen and as for that we will enjoy it no matter where we are i just want to read something here and it says so suddenly, New York, the city that never sleeps, is now asleep. All is quiet. Paris, the center of romance, lives in echoes. Rome, the eternal city, is deserted. Disney is out of magic. London is caged in silence. The queen speaks to her people from a hidden room. Mecca is empty. Nobody to stone the devil. The Chinese wall is no longer a fortress. The G8 nations are speechless. The developed world suddenly on its knees. Churches, mosques, great parks, monuments, stadiums, they're all filled with unfilled spaces. The busiest places at present were hitherto the most dreaded, the hospitals and the cemeteries. The famous football leagues, the fashion shows, exotic weddings, festivals, all lost to memory. Celebrities have run out of celebrations. Our titles, status, and privileged positions are stale. With all our boastful citizenships, we cannot step out of our houses. With all our savings in gold and cash, we can only buy food to eat and toilet papers to take care of the waste. We usually used to go to watch animals in cages, but now animals roam on empty streets watching us in our cages. Expensive clothes and shoes, houses, clothes, and pyjamas are the latest fashion instead. But despite all these oddities, now the writer says the world still goes on. I would like to say Jesus still reigns. Despite all of this, Jesus is still alive. And you know, the, the churches may be empty, but so also is the tomb. Jesus is risen, and he's alive in our hearts, and nothing can change that. Easter is in many ways the sweetest part of the Christian calendar. And it is a mistake to have associated it with the eating of chicken. <laughs> And to have associated it with uh, what? Going out. Going out. <laughs> Partying. 
spending time doing various things. But you know, there is a way in which good sometimes comes out of evil. The Bible says in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for our good. And so one of the things that has happened by this crisis is that the true church is what is standing up. The true church does not need a building. The true church doesn't need a wall. The true church is in our hearts. And wherever the worshippers of Jesus are, we will worship him in spirit and in truth. And so wherever you are this morning, I want you to turn your back to your neighbor, your, your face to your neighbor, and wish your neighbor a happy Easter. The Easter salutation goes like this. It goes, one person says, Christ is risen. And the other person answers, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So turn to your neighbor, look for a friend, a family member, and say to the person, Christ is risen. And the answer is, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And you know, it is the sweetest time of the year because that is when the purpose for the church came to be. I don't know about you, but when I was a child, I used to wonder, what is Easter all about? I was confused from Good Friday all the way to Sunday. And the reason was this. If a good man has died, has been unfairly killed, uh, what is good about it? <laughs> what exactly is good about a good man having been killed? So that was the first thing that confused me. Then, the second thing that confused me was that three days later, this man is supposed to have resurrected. And then it's like he's, he's resurrected. Okay, that's him. What does it have to do with me? And that's why on this Easter morning, I am preaching a short message, but very important message, as I share with you the seven steps to salvation. Seven steps to salvation. It will tell you why it's so important that Jesus is alive today. Why Easter is important and why it doesn't even depend on us gathering in a church because it's in our hearts. Hallelujah. Now, let's take a look at what the Lord is saying here today. The first point I want to share with you, the first step is in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, a well-known scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Everybody has sinned. And you know, sometimes as people, or not sometimes, often, we see people doing evil. And we marvel. And we realize that they are very, 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 very some way. And we think this person is a murderer and this person is evil. I remember recently I just saw uh, an article that talked about a certain nation that had stolen the money that had been released for the virus. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, how? How? Well, they said it was lost, and they claim it was lost in a fire. But you and I know that this fire is a little bit too convenient. And so to us, these people are evil people, you see. To someone, you look at somebody taking the life of another person, kill the child, rapes, you know, theft, all kinds of things. And we recognize those people as evil. But the Bible says that all of us have sinned. And the Bible is right. 
We may have categorized sin. And some sins are the important ones. And some are not important. So if you are drinking, you are smoking, you are fornicating, womanizing, then that's the big sin. But what about your lie that you think is small? You think that oh, that one is not anything. What about the thing that you stole? It's true it may have been only the meat in the soup, but you still stole it. It wasn't yours. And you still took it without saying. And so it still qualifies as sin. And the Bible says all of us have sinned. And in fact, the person who says I'm righteous, I haven't sinned, that's the greatest sinner. Because yours is like you are so deluded that you can't even see your wrongdoing. Hey. But we are still talking. We are talking. So let's go to the second step. You know, so first understand it. We have sinned. We have sinned. Doesn't matter. Tell me, but I don't mind how nice you are looking today. I don't mind. The Bible says that you have sinned. Have you not noticed how some of the most innocent looking people are the ones who are the most dangerous? Hey. The girl who looks as though butter will not melt in her mouth. She rather. She rather <laughs> has disorganized homes. <laughs> hey, we are sinners, truly. That's why we need Jesus. Number two, number two, the second important scripture this morning, and the second step is found in another important scripture in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our God. You first, let's take the beginning part. The wages of sin is death. If you are, you know, we don't, wages is old English. Just that we like using it. You know, King James has a way of sounding holier than others, you know. But, <laughs> but it's like a piano, the money that you are paid that the thing that you deserve for what you have done. And since we agreed in the first step that we are all sinners, the Bible says that if you sin, if you sin, your pay is death. If you sin, any kind of sin, the pay, the pay is death. What you have earned is death. Doesn't matter big sin or small sin. In fact, even this categorization, what is big and what is small? Sin is sin. <laughs> sin is sin. And the Bible says you have come short of God's glory. So if God is going to be walking around, minus Jesus Christ, we have all fallen short. And all of us, we must pay one by one by one for our sins. And that is when you realize that, in fact, you need somebody to talk for you. Because if you were to die, you did a sin this morning. Okay, let's start from yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, you insulted somebody. You die. You, are, you were gossiping. And some of you, this whole break, that's what you have been doing. You are just gossiping. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard that this? Have you heard that this? Have you heard that? You, heard that? you must die and die and die. How much dying can you do? Hey! Even grown men, when they are about to kill them, grano, they pee on themselves. <laughs> you know, me, that's why I like Jesus, so because I cannot. When I look at myself, I can't. I can't. Hey, that I'm going to pay for my sins. 
that the things that I have done that are wrong, I must pay for them. Hey. Then when I got angry with somebody, I said, mmm, I should pay. I should pay. <laughs> All of us, we deserve death. You see, a prison is a prisoner. And inside a prison, you have people who have done different crimes. They like to call some of their crimes very serious. And they like to call some white color. But it's a crime. They are inside there. The white color crimes, they are the fraud and the ones that you have done something with the papers in the office. But it is still a crime. And jail, there is jail. No matter the reason why you are there. It is jail. Jail is jail. The wages of sin. Human beings will put you in jail. But God says that for our sins, eh, we actually deserve to die. I'm talking about why Easter is so exciting and Easter is so important. Amen. Amen. Now, I particularly like number three. We're talking about the steps to salvation. When God looked at us, eh, he realized that these people, no matter what he does, they will not be able to stay without sin. The way it is wrong. The way it is. When they wake up, even the first thought is sin. Hey, I don't want to talk about how some of you wake up. Mm. <laughs> but you wake up as you have opened your eye. And so the Bible says something. Another scripture, this time in the book of John. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I am so glad that God didn't just forget about us. I'm so glad that he didn't just abandon us. I'm so glad that he didn't just say that these people is enough. Enough of them. Enough of them. He could have said that. After all, when he made the universe, were we there? He could have just decided. He woke up one day and said, let us make a man. So if he decides that let us and make him, we have had enough. <laughs> we have had enough. So he could have done that. But for some reason, I don't understand. But I accept. The Bible says that he so loved us that he gave the most precious thing to him, to us. I have three sons. I know for sure. I'm not dashing you even the kidney of one. Not even the one. The kidney. Of one, that one crampo when you Oh no 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 no! Anything will happen. It's not happening. Even my church member who I didn't deliver physically cry if you come and say, "Oh, please just dash." No, in fact, just lend me. I'll ask you lend you, lend you. How? Hey, which one should I take and say I'm giving to you? Recently, I faced a situation during the lockdown. When I woke up one day, as I looked at what was left in the house, I realized that we're going to fall short of food. And so, I have to go and, you know, get a little more. Buy a few things, get this, get that. And I stood there and I thought, so who, who should I send? <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one, <laughs> or this one. I just said, no, I'm going myself. And it's very simple. Which one should I choose? If perchance as they are going, as they are going, then they meet COVID-19 on the way. Which one? Which one? Should I say that? Oh, so you stay so that you are not exposed and you go. It's okay. Let me go. At least I will believe God. Myself and, and, and Dennis, we will go and come. If it does, I said, do you 
have a mask. Hey, somebody said, I'm coming with you. I said, do you have a mask? The person said, no. I said, no, no, no. You're not coming. Don't come. Don't come. No, no. Don't come. So even to make a choice not to give life for, just go and get something and come. Just mother, I can't choose. No, it's okay. But God, I said, but God, he looked at us and he chose his best. And he took us. Look, the Bible says that Jesus, as he was up there, he made the decision. Send me, I will go. And he came. And he came. And the Bible says God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. That's why sometimes when I hear people speaking condemnation, I get upset. Because the verse 17 is also there. For Christ came not into this world to condemn us. You see, a time will come for judgment. It's not yet now. And honestly, the time we are in right now is a rehearsal. <laughs> hey! We are doing a dry run. But it has not yet come. It has not yet come. That's why I can be standing here preaching to you to give you another opportunity to be serious with your salvation or to even receive Christ again or receive Christ afresh. You see, because the end has not yet come. Amen. Oh. He came down to do something about it. He sent us Jesus. To do what? To do what? John chapter 1 and verse 12. As many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God. Even to them who believe on his name. People move around and say, oh, we are all children of God. No, sir. No, madam. We are all creations of God. Those who are his children are the ones who believe him. The ones who receive him. So don't make that mistake. Please, it's in the Bible. Either you believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. But if you say that you believe the Bible, this is what it tells us. It says that to them who receive. So if you receive what Jesus did for you, are you now seeing the connection to Easter? You are receiving the fact that he took your sins. Your sin was part as he was going to crucifixion. It was for those who had gone already. It was for those who were there at the time. And it was for those of us who were now coming. He had taken our sin and he had gone and sorted it out. The Bible says that he went down to hell and he sorted it out all day. He rose again. And when he rose again triumphantly, the Bible now says, if you receive that soul, I can't imagine anything more easy than that. Receiving. Receiving. You know, let me talk to some of you who want to complicate the worship of God. At times you fall into a situation, then they say, Go and bring a red guinea fowl. Then you are running around looking for a red guinea fowl. They say, Go and bring the tail of a crocodile. Then you are running. Then you are paying uh, the wisdom tooth of a, of, a, of, a, of a lion. Then you are running. Then you are paying. You have complicated something. Oh. Because as for this God that we serve, what he gave to us, it was free of charge. We didn't have to pay anything. And that's why even though we would have loved to be together, it's also part of our situation. But when we cannot, it's not a problem. Because what he did there, he did it already. It's in the heart. Hallelujah. He says, if you will just receive, then you become his child. Oh. I think it's a good place. When you, where you are, put your hand together for God. Just put your hand together for the Lord. Hallelujah. People like complicated things. And I've come to see sometimes that when you even make things easy for people, they don't like it. 
They want something hard, something harsh, something difficult, something complicated. This is human nature. And some of you, that is why as I'm speaking now, up to today, you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior because you feel that you have to pay. You ask, you look at yourself, when you finish paying? You wake up and you say, I'm going to be good. The day you say you are going to be good, that's the day that, you know what? You even sin more. <laughs> that's the day you, uh, you, you uh, they say in the morning, Kura, you have started telling lies. Wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> and some feel that, hey, but it cannot be that simple. You know better than God, eh? <laughs> Let's continue. Number five. So what does he ask you to do in all of this? The best description of what you are supposed to do is found in two scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And I want to read it carefully. Not even quote. I want to read it so you can see I'm reading that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The greatest mistake that people make is that they say confess your sins. Let me ask you something. There is a place for confessing a sin that you do. But here you are, sinner, trying to repent and come to the Lord. Can you remember the sins you committed two years ago? What about last year? What about last month? So you realize that if you were to confess your sin, number one, the list is endless. Number two, you will not even remember most of that sins. He doesn't say that. He says, confess Jesus Christ as your savior. That's what you are supposed to be confessing. Christ as your savior. That I believe it in my heart that he's my savior. I have to confess it. What does it mean to confess? I must say it for others to hear. That's all he's saying. Because honestly, if I were to start, I wonder where I'll start confessing from. Mm. Some of you, last night when the president said he was coming to talk at 10, that you started to insult him. This man cried, why didn't he come at 7 o'clock? Why did he not come at 7.30? Why is it that he has done this? You have already sent. You have already sent. You remembering. You have already fallen short. And pastor, are you saying it? Because look, please don't start your politics on me. It's not politics that we are speaking here. I'm just telling you a fact. Yeah, you are accusing me as I'm bringing to you salvation and word of God. You see, it just shows you how corrupted we are. We are so corrupted we can't even think straight. Somebody's preaching to you for your salvation. Look at what you are saying. Eh, eh, pastors, you have woken up to get up because of money that you are doing. I actually pray for those who say those things. God help you. Because you see, when you are an ignoramus, that's when you talk like that. Yeah, that's when you talk like that. You should ask yourself for your few coins. <laughs> for your few coins. Some of you take one CD, one CD, one CD. Every month you put aside four fresh CDs. And you say every Sunday. I'm, so because of that. Excuse us, please. Excuse us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But he says that. So he says, confess. Point number five. With your mouth, confess what is in your heart. And this is the essential difference between human beings and demons. In the book of James, we are told that the devils today believe. The demons believe. They didn't even tremble. We are not trembling. We believe, but we are not trembling. But they can't confess him. They cannot confess him. They cannot open their mouth and say that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. They can't say it. 
they can't say it. But you, somebody who wants to believe, somebody who wants to be saved, somebody who wants to be rescued, you can say, and you must say. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? This verse is the clearest verse. It tells you how to be saved. Amen. How to be saved. Wow. How to be saved. And you see, when you believe in your heart, how do you know that you believe? Something that is there without you even thinking about it. That's what shows what's in your heart. That's what shows. You just believe. You just believe. I remember so many years ago, I used to go to church, but I'm not giving my life to Christ. And I knew that the way I was living was not right. And I became more and more aware of the fact that Jesus will come one day. I remember at a point even praying as I went to sleep, Oh Lord Jesus, don't come tonight. What was happening to me? I was believing in my heart. I was believing in my heart. But I could not yet confess him for various arguments that were going on in my mind. But I thank God that one day, I just decided, no, put all these arguments aside and just accept what he has done. Just receive him. Just receive him. From that day till now, I can just see a progressive change in my life. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Somebody is getting delivered and saved today. You know, it's Easter Sunday. We are going to spend the day with our families. I'm actually urging you not to just let it be a day that just comes and passes like all the other days that you have been indoors. But actually go out of your way and try to let it be a day of celebration. After all, we celebrate one another when there's a birthday. We celebrate one another when there's just something, an exam that's been passed, a promotion or something. How much more on this day that we are receiving eternal life, the reason for that eternal life. He rose again and we are remembering that day. Hallelujah. Because of that, one is not preaching for long, but it's very important that you follow the message. Hallelujah. Number six. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I read it again. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What a scripture. You know, as we go through these days, and in fact, it has been lengthened by one more week, as we go through our time indoors, one of the things that is being reset is the scripture. Because there are many who have run into churches and who have come into places. Why have you come? You have come because of something that you want. Mm -hmm. Eat, drink, my job, my warrior, my marriage, my business, husband offering, job offering, business offering. You have come because of what you want. You have come because of meat and drink. And that is why God in his mercy has caused the door of the churches to be shut. Today, there's nowhere that you can go because of what you want. You can only come to he himself. But I thank God that when you come there, you're going to see something else, something that is very, very important. Righteousness, peace, joy, things you cannot pay for. Have you noticed as you have been indoors and as you have not been able to go out, all the artificial pearls...
thought were love, all the funny things you thought were joy, all the thought made life. Today they have been stripped away and all that you are left with is the witness on the inside. Is your joy coming from inside or do you have to go and look for it somewhere? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was an old song like that. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, <clears throat> joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, come on, everybody. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is all. That's what is there. Amen. But let's look at another scripture in Luke chapter 17. I'm reading from verse 20 to 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's a purely spiritual thing. And so if you are watching, you just came in, tuned in from somewhere. You just happened to stumble here. You wonder, what is this woman even talking about? I'm with you that it is a spiritual thing. And that is why they that we have joy in spite of it. There's peace in spite of everything. And you can be a partaker of it if you will just give your life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And my seventh and my last point. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 and 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Is there something to be lost? In actual fact, when you become a Christian, if you're a genuine Christian, there are many things you can lose. Sometimes you lose the joy in your home because everybody turns against you. Sometimes you lose some friends. There are friends you must say no to. Sometimes you're in a relationship with somebody you really liked, but you realize that the person's mind is not on Christ at all. The person is actually leading you away and you weep and you cry and you away and you say, I've got to go in this relationship anymore. In fact, you to Jesus Christ, but you have never lost, you've never had to say no to anything. Honestly, about it because I question your faith. I question it simply because you will say no to something. Sometimes there are types of music you were enjoying, but you realize that it is it is not working, it's not working together with my my my, my newfound faith. <laughs> and you have to put it aside. I remember a young man who's a pastor today, and I was privileged to be his pastor when he was a teenager, and he gave his life to Christ. 
at a camp that we had. In fact, I remember him coming to the camp and he'd made his face like stone. You know how too many teenagers can. But as he stood there, the Lord was working on him. And he gave his life to Christ. A genuine conversion. Genuine conversion. I met him later on. That same weekend, because when we were down, it was Saturday, Sunday, we went to church. And when he came to church, he had a strange and interesting story. This young teenager had been very into music. He had a lot of, in those days, CDs, just like some of you who are watching me. You have music that makes you high. You have music that makes you think about, you know, women think about fornication. You know it's not helping you. But this young boy, we had not even spoken about it. But the witness in his spirit was so strong. And he took this pile of CDs. He didn't give them to a friend. Because he said, if it's not good for me, it's not good for my friend. He cracked it from the top right to the bottom. Destroyed everything. No wonder today he's still a man of God. No wonder today he's a pastor with people following him. He lost something. Because as a young person to have that number of CDs, he must have been paying for them, taking off his small money over the years, gathering and gathering. But as he gave his life to Christ, in the happiness of it, and realizing that he had been freed from so many things, he realized that the thing that would bring him back, this is it. He identified it, he took it, and he cracked the whole thing. What waste is that? Could you not agree? You see, it's a certain be shining on the inside of you, then you will understand. That's why Jesus said, the cross. Your cross is that difficult thing. Jesus, it was his whole life that he gave up. But for you and for me, as we move along, we see that we need to give up some things in order to draw closer to him. And as you do so, you realize that your salvation is real. Jesus has really and truly saved you. This Easter Sunday, the best gift you could ever give Jesus is your life. And so maybe as I've gone through the steps, you realize that you are not saved. I started by sharing with you that we've all sinned. I told you what the sin means that you're going to pay with your life. And I shared with you that God so loved us. He gave his only begotten son just so that if you receive him, you have eternal life. I shared with you Romans 10, 9 and 10 where it tells you how to be saved. And it just says that receive him. That's all. Receive him. Identify yourself as a sinner and come to him and receive him. I've shared with you the fact that when you do, what you will inherit are eternal things. Things which cannot be changed because of what is going on or not going on. Righteousness, peace and joy. I've shared with you, it may cost you one or two things. But for Jesus, it cost him his life. He gave it so willingly. And that's why he rose us triumphantly. For everything that you lose, he returns it to you manifold. What a blessing. This Easter Sunday, I want you to give your life to Jesus. And so for a moment, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to think about yourself. Are you born again? Jesus said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When you pray to receive Jesus, what happens is that your spirit is what is new. I want to invite you to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. To become his child for real. I want to invite you to join this life of joy and peace. Which is not dependent on what is going on around, but comes from within. 
bow down your head and pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for anyone who has prayed this prayer that, Lord, the light of your glorious salvation will come unto them. I pray for your blessing in every home this morning. I pray that, Lord, the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ will come to each one of us. Thank you. We cannot say it enough, but thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at FOLCIDS. God richly bless you.